and welcome to One Question with Pastor Adam. And I am Adam, and I am pastor to believers and to doubters, to unfaithful Christians and faithful atheists. And friends, here we are. Uh, Jesus was not afraid of questions. He took questions all the time. And so we aren't afraid of questions either. And so each week here at One Question with Pastor Adam, we are going to go over some questions that you have sent over social media to my uh, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever pages, wherever, wherever we find each other in this world today, as long as we find each other and uh, find each other in a place of love and compassion is awesome. Hi, Amber and Melanie. Amber, it is good to see you too. Uh, hi, Melanie. And uh, today I am excited because we have Declan and Suzanne uh, here with us today. They have amazing books and social media and projects and all of the wonderful things. Uh, their, what, their Facebook page is where true love is. And uh, they're also on Instagram. It is uh, a, an amazing uh, Facebook page. And I am excited to talk with them about that too. Declan is the force behind uh, the social media. And it is, it's just amazing things are happening. And Suzanne writes uh, the books. And uh, amazing things are happening with those too. So uh, Transfigured. Uh, sex with God. I haven't read that one yet, but uh, we, we might get into a little sex with God. That sounds fascinating. Sleeper Awake, uh, Reaching Hope. And uh, Suzanne's latest book is The Language of Bodies. Uh, and so uh, you can also find Suzanne's website as at sdewitthall.com. But today, friends, we are going to be talking with Declan and Suzanne uh, about the true love is social media and the book. Here it is. I'm going to try to get the glare out of there. Where true love is an affirming devotional for LGBTQIA plus Christians and their allies. And uh, I'm excited to, to uh, talk. So friends, if you have comments or questions about the topic today, uh, I invite you to put those in the chat section. But uh, here uh, come Declan and Suzanne. Hi. Hello. Thank you Welcome. for having us. How great to be with you. And love oh. the flag as your background. It's Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. I am I'm excited to have you both here. I uh, came across your uh, Where True Love Is social media page, and it is just off the charts amazing and fantastic and such a great community of uh, support and love that you have both fostered there. Um, and I want to talk with you about that. And I also want to talk with you about the books uh, as well. But uh, I thought before we do that, maybe you could just like introduce yourselves and, and uh, say anything that you would like about um, about yourselves, how you met, how you got together uh, to be this amazing uh, force on social media and in the books. Sure. You want to go first? You go first. Ladies before Joan. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Suzanne. I'm the author, um, like you said. And uh, Declan, what should I, is there anything else I should say about myself before I talk about 
about us. There isn't really a much of a separation between the two of us. So, you know, there I might can be just more to lead in Go straight ahead. into us. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Declan and I met in a very socially conservative church um, about 12 years ago, maybe, give mm -hmm. or take. And we became friends. We were both at the ends of our um, uh, dysfunctional marriages. Um, we were both trying to live as Proverb 31 wife, wives at the time, uh, doing our best and failing, I think. Um, I was going to say, that didn't go too well. No, it did not go <laughs> very well. Um, it was a patriarchal, um, <laughs> socially conservative church, and we fell in we were friends for a couple of years and then something shifted and we fell in love and that kicked off everything. Um, and then you, Declan's had quite a journey um, in addition to our <laughs> quite a journey. journey. So we, we met in, in church and Suzanne study became really close friends and a relationship developed from that as our marriages were exploding and husbands were moving out and, and things, our friendship got closer and it became more. And at that point, decided to move to Newburyport from New York and we were trying to figure out what was going on or like why you know we I taught about Sodom and Gomorrah and same-sex being a sin when I was in a Baptist church now I'm completely and totally in love with this woman and it makes no sense to me so I'm like a David I cry out to God and yell at him them <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started to do that and we uh figured out that uh God was a lot bigger than the boxes that we had been taught to put them in and uh, realized, you know, I even went to therapy and said, what do I call myself? You know, I was married to a man. I have children. I'm madly in love with this woman. Wonderful therapist says, you don't need a label, but if you want one, go ahead and make one up. So, by the way, I did not say my name is Declan and my brother, he, him, and his. I started transitioning. I'm a transgender man. I started transitioning about a year ago. Yeah, so we just swooped in with a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How um, you you in uh, you have gone through what people uh, today call a deconstruction uh, process. What was what was that like to do for you? And I know Suzanne that you've you've written about the deconstruction process uh, as well. So what uh, what was that like for you both? Um, I'll start. So it turns out in looking back devotional in the to love is series, um, is a deconstruction book in one way or another. And so, because we were both very, um, Bible believing, uh, Christians, even though we had different faith formations, um, we had to struggle and figure out what God was doing. We knew we felt the, the holiness and the divine presence presence and the sacredness between the two of us and the blessedness um, and saw the fruit that was being produced and all the things that we had been um, sort of trained in our Christian formation to assure us that God was in it, right? There was all this beauty and, and peace and hope. And, um, however, it did not line up with our Christian training. And so we kept doing our daily Bible studies together and I was making notes as I was going through um, and Declan was reading all kinds of resources on the subject of, of um, can you be gay and Christian? And we're finding that new light was being shed on what we were 
on these scriptures that we were reading. We were uh, seeing different things than we ever had before in the same text, in the same words, in these same very familiar passages even. And so I was, I'm a writer, so I took notes um, throughout that process as we talked and chewed on all these ideas. And Your um, True Love Is book was born. And it's kind of a systematic theology, which starts out with who is God? What is God? Um, yes. What are the scriptures? And how did Jesus approach all of these things? And, you know, dealing with these fundamental issues before it gets to sexuality and um, gender identity. And um, so we didn't know that that was a deconstruction book at the time. Um, but in looking back, it's clearly, a de you know, we were deconstructing our um, understanding and the limitations of, of who God was. Um, yeah, I think that the catalyst for all of that is that when our marriages exploded, Suzanne had nowhere to go. She was asking different people in the church if she could stay with the minister, different people, because she was very involved in the church. And they all said, no, they didn't want to be a part of this messy divorce that was happening. And I said, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do is open my home to you. So she moved in. So now there began rumors that we were lesbians and we were asked not to come back to the church, not to even come to Eucharist on Wednesdays. And that pain was unbearable to me. I mean, I was baptized. I was baptized as a Baptist. So I was, uh, you know, dunked in water and baptized as a baby as a Methodist church and God were very, very important to me. And now this church was saying, we think you might be in a lesbian relationship, so don't come back to our church. It would be confusing to the congregation. Right. So that pain is what I think started us on this journey of discovery to figure out, is that who God is? And I don't think it was the Bible that we were fighting against. It was religiosity and churches and things we've been taught from pastors. And we had not found a church that was welcoming and affirming at that point yet. Now we know lots of them, but <laughs> we hadn't. So we started down that, that, that road and Suzanne, like she's a writer writing. I start reading everything I could. And at the time there wasn't a lot, you know, Matthew Vines was had just come out with his book and, um, Kathy Baldock just launched her book. So, I mean, I'm reading these because I believed if I was a lesbian, which at this point now we're in love and we've moved to another city, um, am I going to go to hell? I mean, this is what I've been taught. This can't be true. This cannot be true because this is not the God I feel deep inside my soul. This is not a, the God that holds me when I'm sad. This is not the God that gives me joy when there could be no joy. And so that's what started it. And I think it's um, because it started in an original place of love, trying to seek God. It has uh, been very fruitful. I mean, as of today, we have over 600,000 followers and we uh, reach over a million a week. What do you think it is about your message on social media that is that is resonating with people so much? Well, I, th I think it's love. I mean, we call it, the first book is Where True Love Is, and now we call it the Where True Love Is. Love is unconditional. Love is all accepting, all knowing, all giving. And that's what people want. They want to be loved. They want to know that they're lovable. You know, they want to know that the God that created them isn't going to abandon them. And that God, that divine power never will. It's people that will. So they, they, yeah. they interact with each other and they get what they need, what they've needed since they've either been kicked out of church or started to doubt that the God that loves them does love them. 
So they get reassurance and confirmation. And there's a lot of people out there that need it. I'm so grateful for churches like yours that, that show that because we get messages from people who want to commit suicide because then it goes them. Like, how dare anyone tell you that? How dare anyone tell you that? So we're there to say, yeah, God does love you. Of course, God loves you. <laughs> yeah, and, and God loves you. And I mean, increasingly, so the, the audience has really shifted I, mm. in my observation. Declan does like 99.9% of the work on that, um, on the on the Where to Love is um, Facebook page, which is where this large community is. And But what I've observed in um, kind of watching over time is that it used to be um, primarily... You know, queer Christians, right? And increasingly, we have, as we have just deconstructed, and as we don't focus quite as much on um, defending scripture, for example, um, and apologetics, Christian apologetics related to queer identity, as we have moved into a larger understanding of God and stopped battling. This, those sort of specifics as much. The audience is also shifting to reflect that. And for example, lately, I see a lot of people who seem to be family members of queer people and who are tagging each other saying, do you see this? This means you. And then the person replying and saying, oh, thank you so much. I needed to see that today. Mm -hmm. And I think some of them are like parents and children and some of them are siblings, some of them are friends, whatever. But mm -hmm. and it's it's not even just about God loving you, because I think increasing people who are mm -hmm. not of a faith background are coming because just to say what? you are lovable, you are OK. And and mm -hmm. you're um crossing additional lines too of, of not just you know faith related issues but life related issues mm -hmm. and you know there needs to be love is if God is love <laughs> if God if, if, if John is right and God is love and these other you know John's not the only one um, then then God isn't a marriage specifically mm. or narrowly, then yeah. God is about what one is doing every day. Just saying, you know, hold on. Mm. Love is love is here at least, even if nowhere else in your life. And I think I truly believe some of the people who are there mm. experience love nowhere else in their life mm. and acceptance. Um, well, there are a lot of places where there aren't churches like yours. Yeah. And these people need, and I'm glad that you do the online service and everything, because when it gets shared to pages and groups like ours, these people need this. They're in, a, in, in pockets where there is no church they can go to and feel accepted. So oh. um, I, I believe church is community, whether it's online or it's in a building or it's in a field. And I believe that God like connection in community. So yeah, it would be great if, if this could be also a, there'd be a table element and feeding right because i mean mm. feeding is something we've been involved in meal programs which we loved the community building portion of those meal programs mm -hmm. you know when we were we were we started we participated in another and when we were there um for the one we participated in we really tried to make it be like a family 
friends group table set of tables right that wasn't like we're here and we're serving you food and be grateful because we're doing our ministry we wanted it and and we didn't optimize it by a long shot i think that there's much to do about <laughs> integrating community in a more um circular fashion right where everybody is serving each other and um but anyway, I think that the feeding and the and the being in touch with people more uh, actively is something that pandemic has eliminated for mm. you know eliminated for us. Um, but the online aspect has um, has certainly been filled a void. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, uh, Declan. I'm wondering if there are like uh, themes uh, coming up most uh, recently. Uh, uh, on the social media page, uh, particularly around um, transgender rights, uh, gay rights, and fears that those are going to be taken away? Yeah, transgender rights are being attacked a lot in this country, and we see a lot of people who are unsure if they can transition, unsure if they'll receive medical care anymore, unsure if they have to take their transgender turn to another state to live, which several people we know have had to leave Texas and Florida and places that are really uh, buckling down on it. And it's just, it's fear. I believe it's fear and it's it's the, a weird form of hatred that I don't even think they know they have. And they just don't understand. So, you know, a lot of transgender people want to get out there and just be, this is me. Um, there's nothing to be afraid of. This is me. I'm, I'm transgender. And they're scared too. So they're hiding and they're moving from state to state. And they're, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest out of the whole acronym LGBTQIA, transgender people seem to hate church and hate, this God. I don't think it's God because they show love, but the, the whole part about religion and going to church, they disdain even talking about it. So we have to, there's this line we have to go that we talk about transgender rights and they love them. And like only so many posts do I talk about church or a community like church because that scares them. It's I an interesting thing. It, was it you that told me the story today or that the, it's a latest news story. I don't remember the state or where this is happening, but there was something about females, mm -hmm. female students who wanted to participate in sports, having to um, use a menstruation tracking app in order to be able to cons be considered for the team mm -hmm. to prove, you know, the, their, their gender identity. Um, so, I mean, this is the level of insanity, um, that trans people are facing just in turning on their TVs, social media, whatever, to see that kind of a violation of privacy and intimacy. Um, yeah. Yeah. The transgender people are, they're having a hard time finding support because they're afraid of their government. They're afraid of their doctors. They're afraid of their society. They often They're, don't have churches. Know, they don't have churches often because they've decided to move away from that because some of them are, some people that are transgender are angry at God for making them transgender. God put me in this bond. Well, I felt, I feel like, and Suzanne has helped me realize that God made me for more, uh, for you to see that I am bigger than what the gender marker is on my birth certificate, that this is who I am, Declan, and I, I 
like baseball and I have grandchildren and I'm Suzanne's husband and uh, my favorite color is blue and I love this woman immensely and she loves me you know so people people need that they need to see those relationships and they need to kind of walk through the fear when it's safe you know sometimes it isn't safe we have to find places where have they have safe sex bathrooms so that I can go to the bathroom. Once I came out, I no longer wanted to go into the ladies restroom. I thought it was wrong. If I'm going to tell the world I'm a man. I should not go in these spaces. Um, but it's hard for me to find a restroom that is safe. I mean, can you imagine? It's just hard for you to, to pee. Yeah. <laughs> to find somewhere to go to the bathroom. So I, you, you made me think about um, the church. Someone said, Deanna said, with good cause, and I'm not sure what that comment was about, Deanna, but I was imagining church. And and even those um, people who are not angry at God, who are hungry for church community, if they know the kind of teaching that is so prevalent in a lot of Christian churches, it would be extremely uncomfortable to walk into that space living out their gender authentically and having people scrutinizing them. Um, uh, so I, I can only imagine that, you know, there is this big mix of, um, of issues and, and pain and uh, difficulty that the trans community in, spe in specific has to, within the queer community at large. And, you know, there are things that the churches can do simply having uh unisex bathroom yeah, that makes it a lot easier for a transgender person to come to your building um so you know suzanne has written several books for transgender people and for their families to start discussions so that they can start having discussions with people outside their circle you know they need to we need to extend that so i mean how can i expect this church i'm going to to know that i'm uncomfortable going to the bathroom if i don't bring it up and i don't tell them you know, can you do this? Can you get these signs? Can both of your bathrooms be unisex bathrooms? You know, I mean, that's a that's a pretty easy thing to do. And that would make a lot of transgender people more comfortable. So transgender issues and the fear over same sex marriage seems to be just looming uh, fears that we're seeing today. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dina says, I'm in Lubbock, Texas, raised Baptist. My son is gay. My brother mm -hmm. is gay. And I'm asexual. We have to be very, very careful here. Um, so, asexual yeah. also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, I am, uh, Amber says, Declan, you are so valid. You are a trans man and we see you. Amen to that. Thank you, Amber. That's beautiful. Well, uh, I, thank uh, you. yeah, I love it. I love it. I am, I want to bring up uh, the book that I am reading, Where True Love Is, an affirming devotional for LGBTQIA plus Christians and their allies. Uh, I This has been such a pleasure for me to read on many different levels. Mm -hmm. uh, Suzanne, you were saying earlier that it is kind of a, um, I think that you were used the words or the phrase systematic theology, because uh, you start off with uh, our view of God and you move into the Bible and you talk about Jesus and it's just, and the Holy Spirit and all of it. And it's just this beautiful breath of fresh air. So friends, go, uh, go get the book. <laughs> go get the book. It is fantastic. And Suzanne, I think that you also said one of the things that was so refreshing to me about this, about your book as well, is that you realized, I think you said that you knew your, you, you discovered that your 
struggle was not against the Bible. That the, mm -hmm. the Bible was not the, that was Declan, that the Bible was not like the enemy, but actually, as I read the book, like the Bible is a is actually a great resource for us in this conversation. And that that to me, like mm -hmm. taking the Bible seriously, um, as we often say, not always literally, but taking it taking it seriously and understanding the ways that it has been interpreted and struggled with throughout the last thousands of years uh, is just such a refreshing uh, point about your book. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk a little bit about the Bible and how you find um, like you, you, you don't just go after like what we typically do is go after like the, uh, the, uh, the, the six or seven texts, uh, verses, the clobber text. Right. Um, and you do something that is so much more expansive in this book, which is to kind of tell the whole story. It's almost like this love story that is embracing all people, starting with like our view of God. Anyway, I could talk like keep going on uh, because it's just so profound. <laughs> so uh, could you talk a little bit? I don't know if anything that I said, like kind of is like, oh, yeah, let's pick up on that. But uh, anything that anything that you want to add to that um, would be great. So. Yeah, so I think you asked me something specifically, and I may have, I mean, right towards the end there, and I may have lost track of it, but, oh, I specifically did not want to write another book of dealing with the clobber passages, because there were several authors doing that, and for me, that wasn't really the point, although it's, um, I'm not saying it's not important, but any book, you know, I, I saw this, uh, read this comparison that if you take a single line out of Gone with the Wind, right, in, um, mm. you know, page 542, yeah. and you take yeah. a, a single line or two and say, this is what the author meant and it applies to your life in this particular way. Um, and obviously, you know, the concept of God's inspiration in the Bible is different than uh, Gone with the Wind um authorship but the, the 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 concept still applies because the scriptures were not written to be used in the way that we use them today in in a lot of streams of christianity we were abusing the author's intent including so let's say god actively this is a whole discussion about how active god is in these inspired words however let's say god was actually literally holding the hands of the authors and forcing them to spirit right right <laughs> if that was the case we're abusing the intention of of what was meant by a letter in its entirety to pick out a few words and then say okay in per perpetuity this is how this should be applied and in reality, you know, most probably, I don't know what percentage, but probably way more than 75% of the Christian and Hebrew scriptures, we do not take that way, right? We dismiss them as, as a historical reflection of what was happening at the time or as a number of other things that we, we acknowledge not meant to be law for us now rules for us now ethical guidance for how we live today we acknowledge it we don't even talk about you know this 75 percent, but we hyper focus on these few phrases 
um, for some weird reason. And so I wanted to, okay, let's, let's just back up. <laughs> yes. Let's just back up a minute and assess, uh, try to put a God view in it as much as we can. I mean, all, all my devotionals that, that followed it were like, okay, so if God is love, this is the central question. If God is love, how do we view this issue? How do we view this scripture passage? We view um, people and challenges and hardships and ethical dilemmas, right? That we all face because uh, life is not black and white. And the Bible is so far from black and white with it's tons of contradictions, um, not only in literal texts that contradict each other, but in moral issues where we see faith heroes doing these atrocities and and personal affronts and, mm. you know, violations of ethical codes. Um, so, yeah, so I've been blabbering on, um, but that was, that was kind of uh, where this book came from is that I didn't want to do another clobber passage book. I wanted to take a bigger picture about based on what Christianity is, if we believe God is love. Mm -hmm. I love it. And like you start off there with the quote from first uh, John that God is love. And then you you kind of narrow in on Jesus in a very beautiful, amazing way that as I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm seeing like this reverence for Jesus as uh, in, a, in very like for me personally, refreshingly traditional language for Jesus here, <laughs> which I am just like, this is, for me, this is what Christianity is all about. Like there's the fully human Jesus who is also the fully God presence in our midst. And how does that transform the way that we understand God, we understand the Bible? Uh, as you write, uh, one of the things that was so important for me in your book is that uh, it it has this reverence for the Bible, but it also puts the Bible in, I think, what I would consider its appropriate place, right? <laughs> like you talk about the Trinity and how the Bible is not the Trinity, right? <laughs> like you really want to not know- Not the fourth, where... the fourth person of the, of the right? Trinity. Yes, yes, yes. And you like you talk about Jesus and how he says uh, to his opponents, you search the scriptures for eternal life. You're not going to find it there. You're not going to find eternal life in the scriptures. You're going to find it in God and Jesus is going to show us the way. And so um, could you talk a little bit a, a little bit about the place that Jesus holds for you uh, in 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 all of this conversation? Yeah, well, one of the most powerful um, things that struck me differently about scripture, um, as I mentioned, as we're doing our Bible studies and going to church and hearing the readings and um, everything was hitting differently. Um, one of the most powerful times that and related to what you're saying is, um, I'm, I'm sure it's John, although I, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, when Jesus says, when you see, you see God, right? 
I think that I've I'd always viewed that as a sign of God's of Jesus's divinity and a claim of Jesus's divinity of Jesus saying I am God, and that's the way it was always sort of presented to me in church settings and in the readings I am. And what I realized was that Jesus was saying, "Look at what I am doing. Look at how I act. Look at how I love. Look at how I engage with people." And the people look at the people I'm engaging with. When you see me, you see God. And and that sort of reversed this whole instead of saying Jesus is holy and almighty. I mean, and I'm not dissing Jesus's holiness here. I'm saying that I that it turned my understanding around and 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 got me thinking we need to be paying more when we want to please God and we want to know what God looks like. We should literally look at what God said God looked like <laughs> um, mm-hmm. if, if you are a, a Bible-believing Christian. So, yeah, yeah so kind of where that all stems from. Well, I, I love it. And you also, like, one of the things that's so great uh, and is really part of, like, what made this book really a page-turner for me was how subversive Jesus was, too. Like uh, you talk about like laws uh, in within the tradition and how Jesus was like not confined to the laws, but often went beyond the laws or even against the laws in order to fulfill um, the human. And so this is part of like the uh, in order to fulfill the love commandment. Right. So this is this is part of like the 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 interpretive key. Uh, that you are leading us into is to see Jesus as as the lens through which to interpret all of life, including the Bible, including laws. And you do this beautiful thing with the Sabbath laws that I think is so important for this conversation, too. Can you talk a little bit about Jesus and the Sabbath? Yeah, well, it flipped a lot of back when I was writing this, uh, having a lot of conversations with um conservative Christians, evangelical Christians, fundamentalist Christians online, was that I I would say Jesus violated the law. Period. Jesus broke the law. And just like no, it's not possible. And I'd say, okay, well let's look at this story and let's look at this story and let's look at this story. And um the Sabbath one really Jesus violated multiple times and is a not just a you know it's a it's one of the commandments. It's a big right um and it's indisputable because there are so many stories showing it and that's one of the reasons that the religious rulers didn't like him spoke against listed as why he was a problem and why he needed to die you know um separate from the whole roman political side of things just you know just speaking about the religious piece of this and the the some of the um uh, s- stories of religious objection had to do with him violating the Sabbath. And, you know, this was a big deal for him to go against this. And um, I can't remember where in scripture, in uh, the um, Christian scripture, in New Testament scripture this is, but um, there are references to going, to turning to the faith of Abraham versus the faith of Moses, right? So, you know, I, I have been pondering and I haven't gotten back to it, but I've always wanted to um, write about what does that mean? 
um, mm -hmm. with Jesus taking us back to before Moses and all this law was established. And there was more of a, you know, forgive this phrasing, a, a pure connection that was about relationship. Um, Abraham has issues. He's Abraham is not necessarily my hero. <laughs> However, um, you know, there is this there is this thing where Jesus was said that he's kind of taking us back to that state, um, because I think that we've gotten the the concept of law and our understanding of law uh, probably wrong for for what what the God who is love wants. Mm, mm. I love that going back to Abraham, as you say, Abraham and Sarah, they're, they're sent on this mission uh, in Genesis 12, which is to be a blessing to all the families of the earth, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the, that's the key. And Abraham messes up. He messes up in his own family. And, um, but they also, <laughs> right. Like they also like uh, invite strangers in, uh, to their to their house as well, and they find out. Oh, in in uh, showing hospitality to strangers, you're showing hospitality to God, right? And showing hospitality mm -hmm. to the other. Here we are serving uh, God as we serve one another in our midst. Um, I love that going back to Abraham. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that there's a lot to plumb there, and like I said, I haven't done it, but but right? I want to sometime. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can't wait for that book too, Suzanne. So that's good. Um, but one of the other big topics that you discuss is uh, gender, and you call it in chapter 69, the uh, or day 69, the subtle shifting of gender within the tradition. Can you talk about, because we, we typically think that the uh, Jewish scriptures, the Christian scriptures, man or woman, is is that's typically right. what we've been taught uh but you have this beautiful way of saying oh it's a little more complicated than that um in the bible and in uh in the tradition as well so uh, i find that fascinating yeah. can you talk a little bit more about that sure well you know the longer i live and the more i contemplate the things um black and white don't exist I, I, you know i think um even in a, on a black and white, the, the black and white page of a Bible, the white is probably more of a cream with some yellow and brown in there. The black might have like a purpley tone or whatever. There is there is no true black and white. And, and clearly in um, in God's view of humanity, uh, God doesn't view us as black and white. Um, God's creation is never black and white, full of this beautiful, strange diversity. Um, I think about, you know, sea anemones and jellyfish and weird mm -hmm. insects and plants that are part animal and, you know, and trees that communicate chemically through their roots and all this amazing biodiversity. You go into space um, and you see the synchronicity of the way planets and gravity works in, in keeping things rotating and the way that subatomic particles rotate and there's a pull. Um, and when it comes to gender and trying to limit it to two things, it's, it's, it's silly. There aren't just Barbie dolls and GI Joe dolls, right? Or lumberjacks at one end. And <laughs> there's even in, let's just, let's just say there are two, two genders, male and female. There's still a huge, we know tons of 
you all know tons of people who are every variation on that, on the Barbie to GI Joe spectrum. Um, and we have this rainbow flag. I was wondering, I can, you know, we all know what it looks like, so I won't, don't need to hold one up, but you see these clear demarcations of the lines of colors, right? It's, it's lovely that there is a rainbow flag, but there are still these clear demarcations. Mm -hmm. But in the real rainbow that appears in the sky, there, there are no harsh lines. There's only sort of subtle shifting, this dissolving of one color to the next. And in that space, there are all these variations um, of, of mixings in between. And so when it comes to humanity, I think that that is much more, we are much more like rainbows. Our differences are so subtle. Uh, and there are so many ways that pink does equal pink does equal pink. And there are so many ways that <laughs> pink doesn't equal pink doesn't equal pink. Um, yeah, that was the concept I was playing with. And we didn't talk about the Talmud. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to talk about that. But that was the, the rainbow the rainbow connection, as Kermit oh, would it. say. It. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Dina says there are, I think, seven different genders <laughs> in Judaism. So uh, for more on that, yeah, get the book, get the book, because the Talmud has has all of this, as Suzanne is saying. Uh, and Amber says, yes, you're not going to tell me that God made everything so beautiful, wild, and free, and then God made us boring? I don't think so. No, it's much more complicated than that. Thank you, Amber. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, and also, Amber, Amber, that if we are made in the image and likeness of, then how could we possibly think that we could be that limited, right? I mean, because if we just judge creation and all its glorious anarchy um, and chaos and beauty, um, then God's got to be bigger and more and more stupendous and mind-blowing so we have to be more too right i mean we're just tiny little tiny little image of that we have to be more than something black and white yep i love it i love it you are 100 percent yes yes uh amber says with uh clapping hands <laughs> emojis so that's that's fantastic so well, Declan and Suzanne, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's so great to talk with you both. And it's been so good for me to, to read the book, uh, Where True Love Is, and to follow the amazing work that uh, you both are doing over uh, Declan that you are doing on the, on the Where True Love Is uh, Facebook page and on Instagram. It's just such a joy to be with you both and uh, to have this conversation. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, is, how can people keep up with uh, your work? Yeah, Where to Love Is on Facebook is the is the probably the best place. Um, my author page, I just, I just this week launched my debut novel, which also is doing God's work. Mind you, there's some all, all kinds of uh, subversive message in there. Um, if you're into fiction, <laughs> it's called The Language of Bodies. And so my author page is S.D. Whit Hall. But, you know, Declan keeps all the current, everything that's happening appears on the Where to Love Is Facebook page. So Awesome. Yeah, and awesome. I have to Can tell you, you give little... before I... Go ahead, Declan. Before I um, transitioned, uh, my dead name was Diane, and I followed you and was friends with you then, and I've followed your church for years, and I am so blessed to talk to you in person mm -hmm. because I've shared your church signs and your mess, and 
your church is truly being God to the world, to a hurting world. I mean, I've seen people where I posted your sign before you knew who we were, probably, where people have come and said, oh, thank goodness, because I didn't think God could think that way or a church could be that way. And where is this church? So, yeah, it's making a big difference, and yeah. it's a, a privilege and an honor to speak to you. It is. Thank you, Declan, and thank you, Suzanne, and friends. I uh, it it's this has been such a blessing for me to have this conversation and to read the book where true love is an affirming devotional for LGBTQIA plus Christians and their allies. This is this is the first uh, book by Suzanne that I have read, and I can guarantee you it will not be the last. Um, and so I uh, <laughs> highly recommend this book. So thank you uh, both for being here. And um, Suzanne, is this your first uh, 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 book uh, that is fiction that's that's just came out? Yeah, it's the third one I've written, but it's the first that's published. Yeah, and it's basically the... Um, the journey of revenge that uh, a woman named Mad Maddie goes on after the murder of her wife, who's a transgender woman of color. Um, and there's lots of sort of mystical um, stuff in play. There's humor that's mixed in and humor and lightness and deep, deep love and passion and anger grief. And it's kind of mm -hmm. got, um, and also weirdness because part of it is set in a wild west wax museum. Um, and there's a haunted hotel scene. It's got something for everyone. Yeah, it's got a, a grand love. It's got a grand love between Maddie and her wife. And that's important for people to see that there's there are loving relationships in the transgender community. Yeah, and that there's tremendous yeah. loss when when violence is, is perpetrated. Um, you know, my my goal had been to write a page. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to kind of shine light on shine a light on the demonization of trans people within the christian community without demonizing christianity and, and faith specifically so there is a contrast between this sort of catholic this elderly catholic italian woman providing mystical deep faith god messaging in contrast to um this, you know, the, unfortunately, the, the perpetrator, I don't talk a lot about um, the, the death of this woman. I didn't want that to be the center of the story. But there are transcripts in which he's confessing um, to the police. And you discover that he's, he's driven by this, his own questioning of his sexuality because of his Christian formation and the messaging that he had received um, was sort of driven. Uh, what he ended up doing. So I wanted to contrast these two things, right, where we see this demonization of trans people within the Christian community and show that there is an alternative um, acceptance, a deep, uh, deep belovedness um, offered by God to everyone. So, so yeah, it's got a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> um, it's called um, The Land of Bodies. The Language of Bodies, and I love the subtitle too. So I'm going to read the subtitle because it's fantastic. A gorgeous dark tale about the ongoing power of love and the human spirit, spirit's unwillingness to give up. 
And uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I can't wait to read that book too. Uh, fascinating. Amber says, I love a progressive spooky love story. I'll check that out too. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and uh, yes, as you, as you are talking about that, uh, that book, and as I'm reading where true love is, you are uh, both helping me to fall deeper in love with my Christian tradition and to see it in bigger and more yeah. profound ways. And so I uh, give thanks for uh, both of your work and friends uh, where true love is. Uh, go check out the Facebook page, get the book, and uh, you will be blessed more in your life by it as I have been. So thank you both for this conversation and for your work. Oh, we're so grateful. You just made my week. <laughs> no, no. And uh, friends, thank you for being here. Todd says, love is love. Come on, Todd, preach it, my friends. So uh, thank you all for being here. And uh, we will do this again next week, uh, Thursday at 11 o'clock Pacific here on the Pastor Adam Facebook page and the Clackamas United Church of Christ Facebook page. Uh, so uh, you can keep up with all the one questions with Pastor Adam wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you happen to listen to them on iTunes, if you could give me a rating, I would be so, so grateful for that. Uh, friends, I hope that you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, God be with you, friends. And also with you. <laughs>